just tuned in to a perfect lullaby podcast where we give you tips for building a better bond with your baby. I'm Matt. I'm Elizabeth. And we're both board certified music therapists. This is the third part of a four part series about perfect times to sing lullabies to your baby. Elizabeth, how are you? Doing really good. Had a wonderful week. How about you? Good. It was a busy week. Mm-hmm. I think we're both gearing up for a vacation here, aren't we? Yes. Makes yeah. it busy and fun. Mm-hmm. You're going to some camp? Mm-hmm. Going to family camp with all three of my kids and my husband, and you are going with your family, too. That's right. It's not a camp, per se, but I'm going to the Ozarks with my family. My family's a bit older. I'm still considered a kid in my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's good to take a little break. That's right. Um... Tell us about the third perfect time to sing to your baby. Well, you mentioned this is the third out of four. The first one we talked about, the perfect time to sing was when you're pregnant, which is kind of the start of your relationship with the baby. And the second time that's great to sing lullabies or to sing in general is when your baby is upset. And we're following that up with our third topic, which is when you, as the mom, is upset. Or this would work for dads also. But we've talked a little bit before about some of the stressors that are involved from the child's point of view or things that trigger that to happen in the baby. But those kind of also turn on to to stressful experiences for you as well. And my experience is that being a parent is just generally very selfless. There's not a lot of time for you and there's a lot of high demand, especially when you get more children that need more things seems like all at the same time and also the other thing I really thought was important to mention which you all will understand if you have kids is sleep deprivation and those two things even by themselves do create a very stressful environment at times it's a beautiful environment to have children and to to have a family but it's also stressful but we know that a calm mom equals calm children and we really need to try to work on calming ourselves Our body creates hormones um, and our brain has chemicals that are released when we are calm versus when we're anxious. Our children not only see that from our facial facial expressions, our body language, um, all the, the actions that we're taking in the home, apart from what we're saying, but then those chemicals as well. So it's really important we try to keep ourselves calm and in control. And listening to lullabies and helping ourselves find some relaxation is one great way to do that. Case studies have shown that mothers use lullabies to calm themselves too, not only to calm their babies. So if you're not already using this strategy, you might want to give it a try. And we also know that um, when stress is introduced, uh, well, let me first define stress. Stress can be both good and bad. Uh, Dr. Hans Selye was kind of one of the pioneers in in studying stress. And there's eustress and distress. So eustress is a good type of stress that helps us get the things done that we need to get done. It's good. It it motivates us to basically take care of business. Um, But then distress is harmful because it causes negative emotions and just negative energy in general. Um, When there's this distress or uh, an overabundance of this, we kind of shut down certain areas of our brain and we're more more focused on survival and not as much on growth. And this is the same for children when they are uh, enduring stress of some sort. Um, It's kind of a similar situation where they then are not able to explore their environments and engage in other things that will help them grow. Mm-hmm. So we want to create an environment for children that is, uh, well, we want to mitigate 
the amount of distress that they are that they come in, into contact with so that they can continually be growing and learning and and building a secure attachment with their uh, mom and dad so that they can explore and, and continue to learn and grow so what I want to talk about is um, different ways that you can as a parent um, develop a relaxation program so that you can keep your stress levels at uh, a minimum so that you can continue to grow and learn and then in turn help your children do the same sounds like a great idea so like I said some stress is acceptable it's it's the stress that gets us to take care of business like I said but unmanaged stress can result in emotional and physical distress we know that physical reactions might include a weakened immune system uh, higher blood pressure digestive disorders ulcers um, fatigue uh, stress can also exacerbate symptoms of prolonged illness or disease so for that reason we want to also try to keep stress to a minimum and we can do that by learning techniques to manage stress. So uh, what we do sometimes as music therapists, is, is, and other therapists do this too, but relaxation training. And um, basically we operate on the premise that relaxation is not an automatic response. So I can't say, hey, Elizabeth, chill out, relax, and, and it's not going to happen just like that. We need to have kind of a, a program in order or a process that helps us get to that relaxation state and it's an actual physical response in which your heart rate decreases and um, blood pressure can go down a little bit you know various physical like elizabeth was talking about the uh the hormones and the chemicals in your brain are released to help you relax mm -hmm. So there are quite a few relaxation methods. You've probably heard of some of them. There's progressive muscle relaxation, guided imagery, autogenic relaxation, which is kind of a meditation-based thing where you, uh, actually even more like a hypnosis type thing where you tell yourself that different body parts are warm and heavy and you repeat that over and over and you just kind of move throughout the body. Um, there's also meditation. Even just breathing and focusing on your breathing for a while can help you bring your heart rate down and achieve relaxation. There's more physical-based methods such as yoga and tai chi. And nobody likes this one, but massage. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want that to happen to me. Yeah. So those are some and heavy. The ones that I deal with most are um, guided imagery, progressive muscle, and autogenic, just in, in my practice as a music therapist. But what I want to talk about now is how you can get started with a relaxation program for yourself and then, uh, you know, that state of relaxation kind of translates to or uh, is applicable to the whole household. Mm -hmm. So deal with question is um, why then as a music therapist do we think music is beneficial in forming this program? And really many individuals find that the soothing qualities in music uh, can help them focus their relaxation response. Uh, it has the ability to produce physiological changes in the body. It can affect heart rate, respiration, and blood pressure. And music can also stimulate various regions of the brain and release chemicals that improve mood. And uh, instead of weakening the immune system, they, they bolster the immune system. Um, but we want to choose the right music for re relaxing. Now, if you are with your baby and, and just kind of trying to calm your baby or relaxing, obviously we want to choose lullabies. Lullabies are fantastic for helping you relate with your infant and just find a nice, calm uh, balance between the two of you. And again, you're 
continuing to establish that bond and work on developing a secure attachment. Now, if you are by yourself and you're just trying to relax a bit, you want to use music that is relaxing to you. There are a lot of relaxation CDs out there, and some might find those useful, but really the bottom line is we know from the research that you want to choose music that you enjoy. That you prefer. So if I dislike classical music, but somebody hands me this relaxation CD that says, oh, this will help you chill out, and I'm listening to it, but I just can't stand it, I'm not going to be able to relax. For a perfect example, I'm not a person who prefers jazz. So even a mellow jazz CD would cause me more anxiety than, let's say, some soothing John Denver. I would rather listen to John Denver than I would jazz. So it has to be person-specific. That's right. And, you know, on the other side of the coin, I really enjoy jazz music. So. <laughs> we do coexist in this office together. That's right. So I, uh, I put on a Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, and, and that really helps me relax. But when you are sifting through your collection of music, you want to pick the selections that have the right musical qualities. So you want to find something that is uh, slow with a steady beat doesn't have lots of louds and softs. Actually, we're looking for uh, a lot of the same musical qualities that we look for in lullaby CDs for for your child. So you want to find something that will um, not excite you, really, but help you calm yourself. And if you can, you want to find something without words. Sometimes it's it's too easy to start listening to the words and start focusing on those and wanting to sing along Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on your breathing and focusing on achieving that relaxation response. So you want to find something with a a constant rhythm that's not too quick, something nice and slow. And what you want to do is you got to practice. I mean, the old saying, practice makes perfect. You're not going to achieve a perfect relaxation response right away. It's something that you have to develop and work on we suggest daily. So you want to set aside 15 to 20 minutes a day and listen to your to your preferred music um, that has those, those good musical qualities. Uh, you want to find a quiet location that's not going to have a lot of distractions. So that might be during nap time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, um, you want to create a calm environment. Set the lighting low, wear loose clothing, and uh, use relaxation-appropriate music at a comfortable volume. You don't want to blast it. <laughs> then the kids might wake up, huh? Yeah, yeah. we try to keep nap time as long as possible, perhaps. <laughs> and um, basically, when you find something that works, you want to be consistent and use that uh, regularly. Um, don't become discouraged. You might find that your mind will wander. You might start thinking, oh, i got to go to the store, pick up baby food, diapers, you know, whatever. It's easy to let your mind wander, but what I always recommend is uh, just always bring your your thoughts, your consciousness back to your breathing and focus on your breathing. That's, you know, with all these other strategies, I think the most important thing or the, or the most effective is to just bring it back to your breathing. Slow ins and outs. Um, some say in through your mouth, out through your nose. Uh, that can be effective for some people. Again, everybody is unique and needs mm-hmm. something different. Now, I have a question for you. Sure. If a mom's listening and 
feels like, oh, there is no way 15 or 20 minutes is going to happen each day. What would you recommend that a person can do in a very short amount of time? Maybe they only have two or three minutes. And is that still going to be effective? Sure. Absolutely. Um, basically, whatever time you can allot, even if it is just two or three minutes, um, I think five would be ideal. But again, I would say what I find to be most effective is just take some time, find a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're putting on your earbuds and, and or your headphones and just tuning out for a little bit mm-hmm. if you can't get to a quiet location and focus on your breathing, listen to a song or two, and just find that relaxation response. Mm-hmm. Um, what's good about this is once you have that down, if you are able to, uh, I guess, budget your time so that you can spend 15 or 20 minutes a day for a while and really get good at relaxing, it is a skill. If you can really get good at that, then you can find it and, and recall that relaxation response whenever you need it. Right. So um, so you're saying that your body is going to learn how to do this yes. by practice. And then at a very short amount of time, when it hears that music, it'll stimulate your body to be back in that relaxation state that it was when you practice. Exactly. It's like, um, oh, if you've ever taken a psychology class ever in your life you learned about Pavlov and his his dogs when he would ring the bell and then would give him food they would salivate and get all excited for the food and then take away the food he still would ring the bell and same response mm-hmm. so you're you're conditioning your body right. with this music to be able to find that instead of excited getting ready to chow down response you're finding that (laughs) uh, relaxation response so you can train your body to respond to this music maybe you have um a playlist of specific songs that you use just for relaxation and that'd be a great thing um and then you can recall that whenever you need to. Sure. Uh, one thing that does work for me, we mentioned before that I have three kids. They're four, two and a half, and six months. And one thing that's helpful to me because it is hard for me to get quiet time is when the baby is asleep, then I have the other two children. I just say, it's time for mommy to take a time out. And everybody goes upstairs and plays, you know, by themselves.